You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. So good. Hey, you guys. How's everybody doing? Feeling good? Okay. All right. We'll get there. We'll get there. Online, how are you guys? Good to see you. Come on. Can we make some noise for our online community? I don't think you understand. All around the world, people are tuning in. No joke. Uh, around the world, literally. I've been talking to churches in other countries that have been uh, tuning in to what God's doing in little old Powdersville and Greenville, South Carolina. People are getting saved. That's what's crazy. Is like God would use crazy people like us to build his kingdom. And I think, man, if that's not a testament that God is a good God, that he uses people like us to grow the kingdom of his. And so it's, it's really, really awesome. So look to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a good day. Come on now. Look to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a good day. Yeah, online, look to your person or your dog, whatever, and just tell them the same thing. It's going to be a good day. Man, I tell you, me and my wife, you probably haven't seen us in a while. My wife is Casey. She's the family pastor here. Uh, because we've been launching, like Craig said, and you saw Reggie, the video, incredible uh, video that Will and the guys over at the Greenville campus are doing. Um, I'm telling you, it's amazing over there. It really is. It's right up my alley because it's up against mountains. I love mountains, right? And it's over near the Paris Mountain area, and, and it's just wonderful. We've been over there for a, a while now, just getting that going and meeting people that I've never met before and just seeing, like, they're ready to reach the communities over there. I, didn't, I don't know if you know this or not, but over there, um, in one mile radius, like just one mile radius, uh, me and another girl on staff here, Carrie, we were doing some mail outs, and we said, let's look at this neighborhood to see if uh, this neighborhood should get the mail out. There was 1,200 families in one neighborhood. That's a lot, okay? Like, that's crazy. So God is doing a lot of good things over there, but he's also doing amazing things in the Powdersville community, and I'm hearing it all over. I went to Powdersville High School for a wrestling match and ran into some people that, I, that go to church here, and they're just talking about their family and how God's doing some really great things at Marathon Church. And so I applaud you guys for being here, and I applaud you guys for watching online. Thank you. I would say if you're watching online, Hang in there. Don't go to the next online pastor, okay? I know Stephen Furtick's really good, but man, God's anointed me today too, amen? And so we are ready to give God's word, and uh, I just am so pumped about it. Will you guys pray with me? Jesus, oh, you know everyone in this room, and I just pray today that you would give us the wisdom to take what your word says and apply it to our lives. How do we do that best? Would you give us that wisdom? We ask all these things in your name, amen. We're in another week of this series called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, or maybe you have the app. All my notes are in the Marathon app, or maybe you have the Bible app. You can go there. Um, and, and so I would encourage you to go to Proverbs 2. That's where we're going to end up. But um, this whole series is about the overlooked relationship between good questions, right, and good decisions, Asking good questions to find good decisions through that process. And we've been talking about like multiple questions. I know this is week five, but we're going to be on the fourth, fourth question, okay? And we've been talking about different questions. Craig and Eddie have been 
did a phenomenal job at the, at the front of this series. But now we're getting to the point where we're sorting what I like to call land the plane, okay? And so not that we weren't serious before, because we were. They all tie together. But now we're getting to a point where we've got to start applying some of this. It's not about just coming in, hearing a great message, hearing wonderful worship, then going out, checking it off the list. No, these are practical things that you can do to apply to your life that is biblical truth. That's what we preach is Bible. It's biblical truth that you can apply to your life and you go out and you just spread it in your community. That's what this series is. But now we're getting to the point where we're going, okay, let's buckle up. Let's do this thing. And so the first week we had the integrity question. Am I being honest with myself? Am I being honest with myself when I, when I ask these questions about and start to make these decisions? Am I being honest with myself? You can lie to yourself, right? A lot of us do every morning. Me, I get up and go, you're a handsome man. That's a lie, okay? My wife doesn't think so, and I appreciate that. However, you can lie to yourself if you want to, but that doesn't help you at all. So you gotta look, look within. Am I being honest with myself? Second week, the legacy question, and I love this question. What story do I want to tell? You're leaving a legacy whether you want to or not. The story is yours. You get to write it. You get to write this story, but what are you telling? Not only that, but what are you telling to your grandkids? What are you telling to your kids? What are you telling to your neighbors? What are you telling to the car that's right beside you, you know? What story do you want to tell? What story is it that you're writing? What legacy do you want to leave? And then we had the conscience question last week. And I love this. Is there tension that deserves my attention? Eddie put it best at the end. He said, where there's tension, pay attention. And that stuck with me all, all week long this past week. Is there tension in my life that I should sort of pay attention to? Because God's probably working through some stuff and he needs my attention because there's, there's things I need to pay attention to. Where there's tension, pay attention. So now we come to our fourth question and our topic today, you ready for this? Is the maturity question and they want me to talk to you about maturity. What, what, okay. I'm joy boy. I love, I love joy. I love it so, so much. Maturity. Let's talk about maturity today. I asked God, I, I was like, Lord, is this really the question that you want me to talk about? I don't know. Mature. What is maturity? Is it an age? Is it, what is, that's what we're going to figure out. How does maturity help or hinder our decisions? Is like, I'm almost 40. Is it seasoned, you know? Is maturity just a seasoned kind of person? What is that? What is maturity? So here's the deal. Maturity, I believe, is a lot of things. And, I, and I, as I went through this and did research on this message and studied up on it and took different legs, and you can ask Craig. I, I got him in my office, and we went on my board, and we, we were talking through things, and I mean, we, I wish I could do a workshop on this message because there's so many roads that we could go down. And there's so many things about maturity. And a lot of times that when we, we think about maturity, we think about sometimes perfection. What? 
yeah. So anyway, the, I, here's what I think. What I've looked up, Oxford Dictionary, okay? The Oxford Dictionary says that maturity means to be fully developed, like physically, right? Fully developed, full grown, or having reached the most advanced stage in a process. That's maturity. And some, and Oxford said, some would define maturity as perfection. What? Nope, I, I'm not, I don't agree with that. I, I mean, I, granted, you know, I got a PhD, Pickens High School diploma, and, and I tell you, mine's just as good as Oxford, okay? I did Berkeley music, I did that whole thing, but Oxford, that's messed up. In order to be mature, it means you have to be perfect. Nobody's gonna get that. So that's good news for people like me who are just silly, <laughs> right? Because we're never going to reach maturity at that level, right? So, what does this mean for mature people? Granted, like I said, I'm almost 40. I, I, I will agree with you that as I grow older, seasoned, right? I've experienced things that I didn't experience when I was 20 or when in my teens. And so I realized decisions in my teens and my 20s and in my 30s, they've helped me make better decisions as I matured. Are we all in agreement with that, right? I understand that. I get that. But there's another part about maturity that we got to take a, a glance at. And I feel like sometimes we have contradicting ideas of who we are and what we do when we become mature. And so... I want to ask this question. When we start to find the fourth question here, when we define this fourth question, it has a little bit of pieces to it that I want to look at. And it's this. What is the wise thing to do? That's our question today. What is the wise thing to do? That's what maturity would say, right? But the way I look at it is, if I'm not mistaken, all mature people at every decision that they run into, they always say, no, what is the wise thing for me to do today? Not at all. Some of you are going to get in your car and you're going to go, should we go to McDonald's? It's probably not going to be the wise decision for you, but you're going to do it anyway. You see what I'm saying? Some of you are going to buy things that you don't need and you're going to go, is that the wise? No, you're not going to say that. You're going to buy it because you want it. You following me? Listen, I had the, a decision to make. Two, three weeks ago, my brother, Chance, uh, he, I'm a snowboarder. He's a skier. And he said, man, we got a big storm coming in. You want to go snowboarding? I went, my brother's asking me to go. This is amazing. I haven't, we haven't been like two of us on a trip in a long time. Well, yeah, let's do it. It was, you know, we had the big snowstorm that came in and, you know, we had to do church online and all that stuff. And, well, the problem is nobody expected, like, sickness to come with that, okay? So everybody got sick and we, we couldn't go. So we were, I was a little bummed. But guess what? This past week, we had a nor'eastern come in where the mountains block it off. And we don't get anything, but the mountains do, okay? And so he calls me up and he says, hey, we can go again. We can go again. And I go, sweet. 
hold up. I'm supposed to speak on Sunday. I'm almost 40 years old. (laughs) I haven't been snowboarding in a minute. Do I still got it? Should I go? What is the wise thing for me to do? I'm talking about maturity here. Should I do it? Absolutely. Let's go. All right. And so we go and we take off and we're up there and we have a great day. It was pouring snow. They had about 10 inches of fresh powder at the top. I had a little ski bunny, snow bunny, you know, it was awesome. We get done with the day after paying $20 for a cheeseburger and fries, stupid. Anyway, it was great until I said, Chance, I think we need to do one more run. Let's do one more run. He's like, okay. And I'm thanking the Lord. I'm like, you know, I won't even go to the top anymore. I'll just go on the little intermediate. It'll be fine. So I get off, strap in. We're going. It was all good, and I'm just loving life, thanking the Lord. Because I was wise. I made the wise choice. I didn't get hurt. 200 yards from the lodge, some people decide to fall. Don't they know how to ski? No. But they fall. And I go, ooh. And I, you know, I carve out to go around them. What I didn't see was a ledge (laughs) to my left and a solid sheet of ice. And so I finally see it and I try to overcorrect to come back. And I, I do what's called cutting an edge, and I face plant. It's like taking a slingshot. I'm the rock, and it goes right on like concrete, ice. And I go to catch myself like this. Wrong idea, right? And it jams right into me. My, my wrist goes in, and immediately I hear, guys, I'm pretty sure I've broken three ribs, and I can't breathe today, okay? So if you hear me today, I'm like gasping, you know, okay, I, can I be honest with you guys? When I was praying at the beginning, I didn't do that first service. I needed to catch my breath, and so I'm saying, Lord, help me, okay? So y'all pray for me through this message, but I love what God does. He says, you going to talk about being wise? Let's throw this in there. Let's break some bones. I've never broken a bone in my life. I go tomorrow to get some x-rays and see what all I did here. So if you hug me today and I went, hey, how you doing? I wasn't trying to be weird. It was just I couldn't, I was hurting really bad. But what is the wise decision? Was it wise for me to do that? Was it wise for me to go? Yeah. Having that question, is it wise for me, doesn't mean that you can't have fun. <laughs> Having maturity doesn't mean that you have to be Oxford and smoke a pipe. <laughs> That's not wise, right? Like, what? we're missing the point here. What is the wise thing for me to do? That is the question. What's the wise thing to do? And here's what I think. Here's a thought for us today. I've crafted a statement about what maturity is and what wisdom is. Where is the balance? And here we go. We're we're going somewhere today. Maturity, I'm going to leave this up because I think we all need it. Take some notes. Maturity doesn't always change our outcome. However, our standards, everybody say standards. Oh, come on now. Say standards. Standards. Online and powder. Yeah. However, our standards show our maturity. As a result, our standards show the outcome of our decisions. Okay, let that sink in for just a minute. Maturity doesn't always change our outcome. However, our standards show our maturity. As a result, our standards show the outcome of our decisions. 
It's not your maturity. It's your standards. Your standards is what's determining your decisions. So when you ask the question, is it wise for me? Well, what standard is that based off of? Is it wise for me in the world standards? Or is it wise for me in godly standards? Where is your standards? I told you we're going to be in the book of Proverbs today. And Proverbs is the book on wisdom. Everybody ask me, Chase, where do I start to read the Bible? And I tell them this, A, you pick it up and you just start. Make it a priority. It's not about where you start. It's literally make it a priority. And then I tell them if they're wanting specifics, I go, well, why don't you just start in the book of Proverbs? Because there's 31 chapters. Most times it's 31 days in a, in a month, right? So it's a chapter a day. It's real easy. It takes you two, maybe five minutes to read it. And it gives you godly standards. Proverbs gives you godly wisdom to apply to your everyday life. Man, that's such old school chasing. Well, let's determine that by the end of this message. Because I think you'll think differently by the end of it. Proverbs was linked to a man named King, Saul, King Solomon. King Solomon was, uh, he was known as the wisest man in the ancient world. And so Proverbs, he, he wrote a lot of Israel's uh, like wisdom literature, okay? He, he did not write Proverbs necessarily, but they got a lot of their literature from King Solomon, the wisest man. And he was connected with God. Because we, we see here throughout, his statements are true today. His legacy is still moving on. Proverbs 2, 6 says this, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Who gives wisdom? The Lord. God, right? For the Lord gives wisdom. Not real housewives of Orange County. Orange County. Not TikTok, not Instagram. That doesn't say that, right? Not Google gives wisdom. Google's smart. He's a smart dude, smart woman, whatever he is, she, it, I don't know. But it ain't the Lord. The Lord gives wisdom, and then from his mouth comes the knowledge and the understanding that we need. If you're basing your standards and your wisdom off of worldly things, you will fail, and so will every decision around you. It may look good for a minute, but it's a cancer, and it's eating away. For the Lord gives the wisdom. So where does the source of wisdom come from again? The Lord. Your source of wisdom should come from the Lord. When we realize that the source, when we realize that source, and we receive his wisdom the knowledge comes and as well as the understanding. But our wisdom comes from the measurement of God's standards. Did you hear that? Our wisdom comes from the measurement of God's standards. Well, what's God's standards? Hmm, wonder what this book's for. You ever thought about it? God's wisdom, he, he offers it to you all the time and me. When I started studying this, this message is for me, y'all. 
the standards. Where is the standard? So maybe another important question that we might ought to ask before we ask the why, is it wise for me? It's this question. Who's the source? Who is the source of my wisdom? That's the question. Who is the source of my wisdom? Don't, don't even think about is it wise yet? Because we don't even know what wisdom is. We're still talking about that. We're still measuring that out. In, in fact, let's look at this question. Who is the source of your wisdom? If you're gonna ask the question, is it wise for me? Remember, whose source is that from? Where is that coming from? You can't ask that question. Better yet, I like this statement. How can God be the source of our wisdom if he isn't the source of our standards? Did you hear that? I sat in my office over there and I battled back and forth trying to cultivate this this question because that stepped on my toes. How can God be the source of my wisdom? God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. But I'm making decisions based off of worldly standards. Some of you guys, and I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. Some of you guys are living a life in sin, and your standard says that that's okay. But you're asking God to be the source of your wisdom. Lord, bless my family. Are you married? No. Are you living together? Yes. Is that God's wisdom? No. I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. Last night, I'm literally praying, God, will you please forgive me for the things that hinder me from you? I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm mature, yes, but I'm not perfect. What I'm asking you and I to do is parallel our standards with God's standards. I'm sick and tired of watching news and watching the TV, watching movies, and everybody is okay with the standards that don't meet God's but we'll come in here and we'll worship. We'll sing praises, we'll sing anthems, and we'll walk out of these doors with the same standards. Guys, it's up to you to to have your standards and look at them. Don't wait for years to come to get your standards right because your kids are looking to you. Teachers, your students are looking to you. Even in a public school, you can still have godly standards. Guys, I'm talking to me. I I thought about this story. Who who is your standards coming from? Where's your standards coming from? The culture says, what's good for you may not be good for me. And what's maybe good for me is not good for you. That's what the culture says. No, what's good for us is godly standards that lead to godly wisdom. Therefore, we make godly in our godly decisions, we have fewer regrets. Are y'all, anybody, is that helping anybody today? Because I want you to live a full life that Jesus says he offers a full life. But what that means is for us to get back to godly standards. Just because you're older doesn't mean that you're mature. I know a lot of younger people that are more spiritually mature than the older people. Why? Maybe because they've been inherited bad standards. And they just inherit it and they give it down the, it's generational. Speaking of which, some of us inherited bad wisdom that has led us 
to bad standards, and we're continuing to give what we've inherited. So for you, don't just take what your mom and dad or maybe your grandpa say, well, that's, that's how we do it in this house. It may be good. But it's your faith journey. You stand before God, not with your pappy and your mama and your daddy and your pastors. You stand before God with you. And you look at God and he said, what did you do with my son? I gave you the standards. What did you do with him? Did you accept him? You have to choose. I I love my dad. He's in the service today. And I remember a story that he set standards for us. And I used to think, God, why does he do that? Why does my mom and dad, I want to go see that movie. That, why? Because he was setting godly standards because he knew as a 40-year-old, I would have three kids that I would need to go back and go, oh, that's why he did that. Guys, you know, I'm, I'm a musician. If you don't know, I'm a tour and stuff like that. And I love music. I was a big Green Day fan. Anybody Green Day fans in there? Yeah, you're like, oh, we're in church. Can you say that? My dad, one day, he came in. He got that CD. He flew up in the window, and he chunked it into the woods. And I was devastated. It was a Green Day Dookie CD. It was good, man. Why did he do that? Is he a bad parent? No. In the moment, was I frustrated? Yes. Did I disobey and go get it? Yes. And I'm sorry about that, Father. It's, he wasn't a bad dad. Actually, he was a really good dad that said, my decisions affect the future of his kids. And so he's going to set standards that show me how to set godly standards. Had nothing to do with a Green Day CD. Had everything to do with a godly standard. As something as silly as that, what is it for you in your life? Some of you need to break off some standards. And you need to realign them with godly principles, godly standards, so that when you ask the question, is it wise for me? You actually have godly wisdom to make that decision. Not worldly wisdom. I hope I'm helping somebody today. The Apostle Paul, he spells this out for us in Ephesians. He said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise. There's our word. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Still relevant today. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't be foolish. Get in the word and understand what he says in his standards. Why? Because it's what's best for you. You think that, like I said, Real Housewives and TikTok and all those other things are good. They're entertaining. What you're doing is you're watching all of this stuff. Another thing my parents instilled in me, garbage in, garbage out. Bad standards in, guess what's coming out? Bad standards. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is and go after that. Fight after that. 
Maturity doesn't mean perfection. No. I may be, you may be sitting there going, God, this is really hard. Yeah. It really is. Can you imagine a world without God where there's no hope? I'd rather be on this side of things. Man, Paul says a little bit later, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Meaning, we all, you may be mature, we all may be mature. But being mature still means we can make bad decisions. Why? Because we all are sinners. And we need God's help to make it through this life. No, maturity, Oxford, is not perfection. Maturity is based off of really good standards, godly standards. And those standards determine necessarily my, my outcome. As we start to land this plane, I, I was thinking about, as I was talking to my dad and a few others, about how do we end this? Because Pastor Brian's message next week what he's talking about, if you don't have this next week, you're going to come into it and you're going to go, well, how am I going to do that? we got to check out our standards first. Well, how do you do that? Well, you open up a toolbox. Before I broke my whole rib cage, I was going to bring out a whole big old toolbox for us and slam it on stage. What do you do when you open up a toolbox? Well, if you got to put a nail in a stud, you don't pick up the hammer and go, nail it, get on Go! You. No. You have to use it, right? You literally have to nail it in there. Or screwdriver or drill, whatever it is. You can't just expect the screwdriver and the drill to do the, the work. Yes, there's technology and it's made it happen. But you have to pull the trigger. You have to set it right. You have to know where the stud is to go into the wall and make sure it's, it will hold. There's action on your part. Well, good thing. What is wisdom? It's knowledge, Chase. Eh, you're wrong. Hebrew word, chokmah. Everybody say that online in Powdersville. Ready? Chokmah. Come on, one, two, three. Chokmah. Oh, come on. Give it like, come on. Like a cat. Ready? One, two, three. Chokmah. Now wipe the person's hair in front of you because you just spit all over them. Chokmah. That's the Hebrew word for wisdom. Chokmah. Chokmah does mean knowledge. But it also means that we're going to have to, it, it requires action. That's what the Hebrew context word is for chokmah, for wisdom. It requires action. Wisdom, when you open up that toolbox, the, the tools of wisdom, for wisdom, you open that up and that should be the biggest sign. Tools require action. Your wisdom requires action. So, before we leave, tools for wisdom. How do you know about God's standards? And how do we learn how to ask these questions wisely and all that? All right, let's step back. Does our standards align with God's? Well, first you have to establish that God has a standard. That should convict you. I'm hoping it's a personal message today. I'm hoping that you are convicted, not by Chasen's words, but by God's words. He has a standard. 
If you're taking notes, I jotted down uh, Exodus 20, 3 through 17. Go check that out. Matthew 22, 36, or 30, 36 through 39. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It shows you God's standards. Tell me about those. Okay, well, you got the Old Testament. Oh, those are Old Testament. Okay, you got the New Testament where Jesus says those Old Testament commands are great, but there's really two that I want you to live by, and that's love God with all your heart. And the second one is just like the first, love others. We do a horrible job at that one. That's his standard. Uh, still not good enough for me. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, patience, kindness. The list goes on. There's nine of them. You can go down the list and go, where's my standards with kindness? Does it match up with God's? Where's my standards with patience? Does it match up with God's? You just have to acknowledge that he has a standard and we must live by it. Tool number one. Tool number two, learn God's standards. Open your word. Spend time with God. I love this verse right here. Matthew 7. I love it because it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. He literally tells you and he's calling you by name. If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, if you seek me, if you... Scripture even said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. You don't have to understand everything. I'm the source. Jesus says, for I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to me except through me. He has a standard, and he's begging you to meet with him, to realize what it is. And then the third thing, examine yourself. On the daily. This is where this whole thing over the series, we've been talking about, you ask. You ask good questions. You answer them honestly with a godly mindset, with godly standards, and then you act on it. That's where that comes to play. Y'all, I'm so excited about this open heart series coming up in February. I've been putting it together and and this verse that I'm about to share with you, I believe is gonna radically change our community from a salvation standpoint. People are gonna know Jesus through this next series and you better start filling up some seats. You better start going to your neighbor and saying, hey, I need to get, I want you to be in church because man, if we could get everybody to align their standards with God's, our community would change. And guess what that means? Revival. That's what our world needs. We don't need a bunch of lazy Christians that's okay with worldly standards. God's called us to a higher standard. Psalms 139, you'll hear more about this in the next series. But when you're examining yourself, this is a great one. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense in way of you. And then lead me to everlasting. Second Corinthians, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Psalms, create in me a clean heart. Guys, are you kidding me? 
You know how I know this stuff? Not because I'm mature and perfected, because I desire the source of God. And I want to know him. I want to know his heart. It breaks my heart to see relationships crumble because of either bad standards, bad wisdom, or quite frankly, distance from God. It breaks my heart to see parents parent in a way that causes a wedge between them and their kid because God's not a priority. It breaks my heart to see teenagers make stupid decisions like I did. (laughs) And you probably did but they have a long lasting effect that eventually they'll run from their faith. It breaks my heart. But what are we gonna do about it? We can sit here and we can cry and we can listen to this and you can watch online all you want to. But I'll tell you what I told myself. Chase, until you get your tail off the seat and you do something about it, No one's going to know. So I'm asking you today, will you realign your standards? Realign your standards. Once you align your standards with God, I believe you can ask this question wholeheartedly, boldly. In light of my past experiences, good or bad, and my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams with a godly mindset, godly standards. What is the wise thing for me to do? And once we do that, Scripture tells us we will receive knowledge. We will receive understanding. I hope it helps somebody today. Will you stand with me? Come on. Yeah. I do. I hope it helped you today. Sorry if I'm long-winded. I'm just taking extra long breaths because my rib cage is falling in. <clears throat> but I was I, I love this message. I love it. Because it it helps me refocus my mind and my heart and my my family. Because I want to ask the wise question. I do. But if I don't know where true wisdom comes from, it just it's, it just falls on deaf ears, really. Will you bow your heads with me as we close today? I'm going to pray two prayers for us. Two prayers. One of those prayers is for maybe those that are in the room today that this convicted. It convicted you. And you want to realign your standards. If that's you today and you, you want to realign your standards... Will you just pray this prayer of forgiveness? Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the standards I've put before yours. Please forgive me. Lord, I need your wisdom and guidance. From this day on, may your standards be what I make my decisions on. Thank you for being a God of second chances. 
My second prayer is probably one of the most important prayers for those in this room, or maybe you're watching online, that you, you really don't know God's standards because you don't know him personally. You don't have a relationship with him. If that's you today, all over this room, and, and let me ask this, those that are in the room that do have a relationship with Jesus, will you immediately pray for your neighbor, pray for someone in this room or online to receive Jesus today? Will you do that with me? Because that's the best gift. That's the biggest standard that we have to really go after is do we have a relationship with Jesus? It will radically change your life. And if you're standing there and you want a relationship with Jesus, just pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. From this day forward, I call you Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.